You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. Throw down $1 on an NBA game. And if that team wins, you get $150 in free plays. That's simple, that easy. New customers only. All right. Joined by one a man who is about as synonymous with Arizona basketball as anybody and as synonymous now as a Tucson and even Molina, Illinois, Mr. Jim Rosborough. Hello, coach. How you doing, buddy? Mike, I'm just fine. How are you? Not too bad. I do want to apologize a little bit. We touched briefly on it uh, before, but I want to talk a little bit before we get into Arizona basketball, a little bit about, you know, what the Pima women are doing right now. You're obviously a coach there, been a coach there for a while. You guys just had a big game against Coach Cheese. Talk it up here a little bit, Coach, because you've got a lot of really good stuff going on there. You and Coach Holthouse and everything going on there. Well, it's really been a good year until, Mike, the last uh, couple of weeks. We've really had some severe injuries. We lost our point guard in a huge game on Friday night. We were playing Mesa, really, for the number one seed. And uh, eight minutes gone in the first quarter, and her knee got blown out. And she was probably going to be a second-team All-American little girl from here, Angel Adelman. So I think she's done for the year. We got another girl playing with a torn meniscus. It gets it all taped up. And then our starting center uh, also has huge leg and foot problems and really hasn't practiced much. And we've had COVID. So Mike, you ask, um, <laughs> right. Gray, it's, it's, uh, it's really been a good year. We're, we're 19 and seven or 19 and eight, I think. And we've, we've won some big games. We hadn't lost to a division two school all year until Mesa the other night in a, in a pretty close game at our place. But we have good kids, good program. Uh, we play up-tempo. It's a lot of fun. In fact, kind of interesting, Mike, uh, about three games ago, uh, Luke Walton and Ricky Anderson and John S., three of our former players were in town for something else and came out to our game. And uh, right. our little shooting guard hit about three threes or four threes in a row, and Luke Walton was diving all over the stands and said it's the most fun he's had in years. So we have we have a good team. Uh, we've got a game tomorrow night against Eastern, and then we get ready for playoffs. So we are in the playoffs for our conference. We're the number two seed. And, you know, in my book, we can win it all and go to nationals. 
How does scouting, how is it different in the junior college ranks as opposed to when you were at, you know, when you were at the U of A? Is it, is it relatively the same, just not in depth? How does that go when you guys are breaking down, looking at, you know, a game plan going into a game? Uh, one of our other assistants, Pete Fajardo, who's been a coach at South Point, been with mm-hmm. Peabody, and now been with Todd Holdhouse. He really likes that in. So in the summer, he'll go out, like, like all coaches do, go out in the summer and see players in tournaments and so on, and then picks out eight or 10 or 12 that he really likes. And you mentioned a young lady here from uh, Tucson that we, we like, and a couple girls up in the Phoenix area. I think he likes one up north of Las Vegas somewhere. So he kind of handles that in, but it's the same thing. You know, you go to see him play and stay in touch with the parents, stay in touch on the phone and so on and so forth. Fortunate thing for uh, the older guy on the coaching staff, I don't have to get out quite as much as back. Who, who are you talking about, Coach? Because yeah. it's not you. Yeah, yeah, good question. So, but in any event, it's it's similar. You, you know, you have to stay on top of them, bring them in for a recruiting visit and talk to the parents and, and so on, and then hopefully they'll come. Yeah, it's, right. it's very similar. Coach, I, I always I always tell people this. Um, I, I was incredibly fortunate to grow up and really become – a big U of A basketball fan, that heck, a big U of A athletics fan from about 92, 93 on Chris Mills team on. As a matter of fact, the first game was the University of New Orleans that year. I was watching it at a Brunswick bowling alley when I was nine. And from then on, I was basically hooked. I mean, every single game, everything. But there was such a nostalgia for your guys era right there because of how you did things. First and foremost, and I'll argue this to anybody. From 87-88 to 02-03, Arizona basketball was one of the top five programs in college basketball by any metrics. You want to go by Final Fours, championships, wins, losses. But it was the manner in which you guys also did it, too. Everybody knew when Arizona basketball was playing that it was going to be fun. And if a team came in overmatched, odds are, especially coming into McHale, that they were going to get run. And you just watch the just kind of the precision with which you and Lute and everybody worked in harmony on the coaching staff and come to find it's not always like that. But you watch Arizona basketball a little bit now, and it's got a little bit of that feel, mainly just the runs that these guys go on where, oh, by the way, it's 57 to 54. I went out to grab a burger real quick and. Coach, by the way, it's now 81 to 61. That's kind of what that's what's a little bit nostalgic for me right there. Well, I think this this team in a lot of ways, and, and it's the tempo with which Tommy has them playing. They're up tempo, attack every time, uh, basket attack, and that was our goal. You know, get a Richard Jefferson or a Gilbert Arenas or going back to Chris Mills, as you mentioned, all those guys. It was an up tempo attack, high pressure basketball, and it was fun. Um, you know, Luke learned it watching John Wooden at UCLA and brought that style with us. Um, we were together at Iowa, as you well know, mm-hmm. same style, up-tempo, came to Arizona, same style, up-tempo. It's fun for the crowd. It's fun for the kids. Uh, it's, it's a style that gets them ready for going on to play in the NBA or overseas, whatever they do. It's really a fun style, and that's what Tommy has brought. He likes, <clears throat> I heard him use these terms the other day he likes to stretch the floor the floor north and south he mm-hmm. likes to stretch the floor left and right so he's got people out and they make good passes and they share the ball and they're attacking and they got the big kids it's it's um, a very similar style i think mike and one that's it's fun and as people kind of i mean now there it, it appears barring a uh, some sort of a terrible event they're going to win the the pack 12 mm-hmm. title 
and um, that's got to be something people need to come out the last two games. But these guys are entertaining, and he's got them playing really a, a great style of basketball. No question about that. When you guys went into the season, um, and I think there's a little bit of Tommy Lloyd to this as well, but when you guys went into the season, take me through, like, give you an example. 95-96, you've got a team – a senior-laden team, you know, obviously there were some eligibility issues um, at the end, but it was going to be kind of built on the backbones of, you know, a Ben Davis, a JB, Joe Blair, stuff like that. The previous year, you got Damon Stoudemire, who is, you know, one of the two or three best players in the country. The offense was completely around him. When you guys went into a season, how did how did you break down the personnel and say, you know what, this is what we need to do, this is what we need to do? Well, the one big change that <clears throat> happened in our time, I mean, you mentioned the Chris Mills era early, and this was mm-hmm. oh, Final Four team in 88. Uh, there were a couple big kids that always played, and then you know in that early 90s there were the twin or triple towers with right. Stokes and Rooks and Brian Williams, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of a three-out, two-in style of play and so on. And then um, we did change in 94 when we moved Reggie Gary up smaller uh, forwards right. to play three guards. And now that was kind of a change in, in overall outlook, although Reggie was tough enough to guard six, 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 seven guys right. really kind of with ease. So I don't know, you'd look at the personnel and see, but the, the overall attack style, Mike, really never, never changed. And that's why, we, you know, we recruited to get kids that fit into that system. We weren't going to get guys that, that couldn't run. So, um, you know, it was just, just a theory, but we looked every year. There were minor little changes, minor little changes in the set plays, maybe a screen set differently. I mean, there were always adjustments. I mean, we weren't sitting here sound asleep and not trying to stay up with the basketball world. And we saw things on film that we stole. We stole a high post offense from Rick Barnes, who was right. at Providence at the time. So, you know, we were always looking and always trying to adjust, always trying to get better. And your point from probably 88 through 2000, whatever it was, we did lead the country in winning percentage. We've talked on that before. And those are the numbers. Those are the stats better than Duke or anybody. The thing that I love too, is that it never really changed to give you an idea when there was a lot of really good teams in the PAC 10, PAC 12, obviously when you guys were in there, Um, the one team though in Stanford, obviously was fantastic for a long time under Mike Montgomery. The one team though, that always, I always, I don't want to say feared. That's not the right term. But when UCLA was really humming under uh, uh, um, Jim Herrick, where you had all of those guys, your Ed Nees, your J.R. Hendersons, your Jelani McCoys, all that, those were the games where I would go into it. I'd say, man, they have as much talent as us. But at the same time, Coach, you guys never let up. Every game, it was never – you never were going to stall. You never were going to go slow. You always stayed true to who you were. And I think when you're a basketball program on the level of Arizona, that's incredibly important. And I think it kind of goes to your point, too, that, you know, when you said, Mike, we were going to run. That's what we were going to do. And when you get to that level, I don't think that you need to change for somebody else because of what you already got there, Coach. No, that's exactly right. I mean, we were going to play how we were going to play. UCLA was an up-tempo team, and they were going to play how they were going to play. And I think if you probably look back at all those scores through the middle 90s and Jim yeah. teams, you know, the final scores were going to be in the 80s, maybe upper 70s, maybe low 90s, but they were always going to be there. I think the game that they broke the string of 71, was it 71 or something? Home the Derek game. Martin shot game? Yeah, and I yeah. think the score was right in the 80s, 87, right. 85 or something or other. So, But you don't, you don't really change. I mean, we weren't going to come out and, 
and play a different style or slow it down for anybody. They were going to have to adjust for us. And I will say uh, one time at Iowa in a real famous game, <clears throat> we were playing Indiana. <laughs> I knew you were going there. Yeah, I, I think you know this guy's name, Bobby Knight. Mike. Right. And he, uh, they, they were a good team, but they weren't as quick as we are. We had some quickness. So we did spread it out into a four corners attack. Now we did score, I think, 90. They couldn't guard us, but we spread it out a little bit into a different type of attack just to take advantage. But no, I mean, come on, you you play how you play, and you're not going to make big adjustments for anybody. And you also mentioned now Stanford was a little more of a tempo team, wanted to control things a little bit more. So I bet if you go back on all the Stanford scores, they weren't quite as high. But now those were some some great battles there, too. How did you go about, and I haven't asked you this specifically because we've kind of gotten into the hyped guys in the past, you know, the Bibbies, the Khalid Reeves, guys that came in. But what you what really kind of built Arizona, the backbone, was the guys that I don't want to say second-tier recruits because that's not that's not what I'm trying to get at, but your guys like your Miles Simons, your Jason Terrys, these were guys that maybe weren't quite looked at as good enough for UCLA, but they certainly in hindsight were. What did you, when you looked at players like a Miles or Michael Dickerson, guys like that in that era, what were you able to tell, or what were you guys able to tell and prioritize that maybe some other people didn't? Because these were obviously guys that could play at the highest level. Well, I mean, Miles Simon and Reggie Gary and Dylan Rigdon, as you know, out of the modern day program. So, Luke was really good friends with the coach there, Gary McKnight, and you knew there, regardless of anything else, they were going to be tough kids. They were going to be well coached. They knew the defensive system, so on and so forth. So that really helped us with some of those guys. And and maybe Miles wasn't the quickest guy in the world, but he played for modern day. That helped him a lot. Um, You know, we looked for quickness. I thought that was always a key. Um, We looked for kids that handled themselves well on the court. Now, you're, the old saying is, Mike, you're not going to win games with choir boys. Right. So we wanted tough kids, uh, you know, the Will Bynum, City Kids, Michael Wright, mm-hmm. um, but just kids that would fit in with our program, fit in with the pieces we wanted. And we always tried to keep a pattern, recruit a point guard one year, wait a year, and then recruit another and bring them up so they all could see the, the chance that they were going to play. Um but it's, it, it was just really trying to get good kids into the program that fit our style of play and that we could coach and would listen. And, you know, we're huge ego guys. And even though a couple of the ones you mentioned had some egos, but, you know, Jason Terry, come on now, he was terrific. Michael right. Dickerson, quick as a cat. So, you know, we looked at those things and they fit the puzzle and get them in here. Michael Dickerson's a guy, too. And we mentioned Chris Mills a little bit earlier that I'll, when people talk about the great players in school history, Um, a lot of times they really aren't mentioned, you know, in that short breath. But when you look at it, uh, coach, outside of uh, outside of Sean Elliott, these are guys that are probably the second or third or at the very least fourth best small forwards in school history. It shows you the amount of talent that went through here, that you could have guys of that ilk that aren't generally mentioned first thing, even though they should probably be. Well, Chris Mills, I, I think I've told you this before, Mike. <clears throat> Chris Mills was as good a practice guy as we'd ever had. Right. Two or three-time All-Pac-10 player. He was tough. He was strong. He was tough. He liked to play smart. He, he And he was a great kid to coach. You know, he kind of came in here, Mike, knowing this was his last chance to, to make the move to the NBA. So he came in despite anything else in his background, which I don't know. But he came in and he worked right. hard and he was tough and he listened. 
got better and, and Michael Dickerson, uh, you know, you saw the abilities yeah. quick as a cat. Nobody could really guard him. If he got on a roll, there was nobody, nobody better. Uh, we're still working on his defense. We send him things out periodically. Mike right. to work on his defense a little bit, right. but you know, he, he was awfully, awfully good. And really when he was on a roll, I'm not sure there was anybody around that could, could defend him very well. Those guys were very, very good players. And maybe you're right. Both of them a little bit undersung. Right. All right. Briefly, Coach, before we let you go, if you are an opposing coach right now, and again, Arizona hasn't played a ton of close games right now, where is a, an angle that you would maybe look? How would Jim Rosborough, if he was going against this Arizona team, say, you know what, um, I might try to go there, I might try to attack there, or is, that, or is there that avenue? But if you look at it, Mike, it's pretty tough. You say, well, yeah. I'm going to get out and pick up Carissa all over the court and so on. Now, that might be one thing I'd think about. Um, I, I do think he's going to, Chris is going to run into a guard like those guys at Baylor last year. Right. But six, two and three, 190. Right. And just get out and get right up in his grill and really make it very, very tough. Although he's a competitive kid. I'm not saying that, but I, you know, it's, it's tough because yeah. uh, he can handle a little bit. Uh, Dalen Terry to me, who's really the MVP of this team because yeah. he's such a facilitator and so unselfish. But, you know, you're going to have to not give them up-tempo. You don't want them to get fast breaks on you. Easy baskets, going to make them have to play. But you you do. You go into those games like Oregon did the other night. Oregon didn't back off and play a slowdown. They played their game, and they were, were right there. So at some point, Arizona's going to run into some more teams like that, and then it's going to be, you know, a couple-point edge, and you get lucky and you win and you move on or – tough but you know you analyze what really would you do and I think the one thing that comes to mind a little bit is if I had a good guard that was good enough I'd get up and get all over Creasa and, and right. just make it as tough as possible for him but otherwise there aren't many weaknesses at all so, so you're sticking Reggie on him if you got Reggie yeah I think probably Reggie would <laughs> yeah I mean, Reggie 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 wanted to guard Allen Iverson we played him out in the garden right and, uh, Reggie did a good job held him to 43 but we won right Right. You know, Reggie, think, the only Reggie, the only guy in school history that could go from guarding Allen Iverson to Jalen Rose to heck in a pinch. I can yeah. guard a power forward if I need yeah. to. Yeah. Um, well, real quick. Right. Real so quick. I, too. I don't know. This this team, Mike, is is very, very good. And and I, the thing, a couple of things that I really like are the fact that they move the ball. They're very, very unselfish. They're good, good passers. Uh, so they're they're a tough group, and they got the two big kids, and that makes a lot of difference behind defensively. There may be a breakdown, but they're in the basket area. So you know, I what's the solution to that? You know, you better get a hold of right. I don't know one of the great all time. Call Mister Iba and see what Mister Iba right. says. I'm glad you brought up the big men, Coach, because Christian Coloco is on pace to break Lauren Wood's shot block record. From my uh, from my uh, amateur vantage point, I've always felt that 0-1 was the best team that you guys put out there, just from a talent, just you know pieces fitting or whatnot. But when you have a guy like a Lauren Woods back there, and you know they obviously have someone similar, at least from a shot blocking perspective, in Christian Coloco, how much more does that? How much? What a luxury is that for your defense right there when you've got that guy in the back end? That's yeah, it's it's huge. You know they got Umar or. Local are going to be in there, and it, it makes it tough. And they may not block every shot, Mike, but they're changing the trajectory 
I, I don't know what happened. I just kind of read a little bit on the summary, and I was listening on the radio when we got home to the Richardson kid, I think it is, that mm -hmm. had the ball at the end of the Oregon game. And, and even the coach said today, well, he just couldn't get the shot off or whatever. Well, that why? Because Coloco was there, and he's going to change your tra trajectory or block your shot or make you do something that you're not comfortable with. It's a huge thing knowing. I mean, you're not going to be out there and – get soft defensively and let him go and so on and so forth. But it's great to have that guy back there. That's a basket protector. And he's both those guys are awfully good back there. Coach, I can't thank you enough before we let you go. Uh, give us an update though. Where can, uh, where can people find you? Where can people find the uh, uh, Pima women's basketball team next? Uh, we play at home tomorrow night, last home game, five thirty out on the West campus, uh, play Eastern, a team that we, had beaten over there and, and uh, lost just right on a bucket, I think, with six seconds to go. So that'll be a good game. <clears throat> it's a sophomore night or the last night for five or six of our girls. And then a week from this Tuesday, we will play a playoff game at home. And again, 5.30 or 6, I think it is. And so we win that playoff game. Then we play to go to Nationals. So we've got two more at home, hopefully a third, probably going to be at Mesa. That's where we yeah. are. Coach, can't thank you enough, and we'll try to get you on again soon. As always, love picking your mind. Love uh, going down memory road with you, buddy. Always appreciate it, Mike. Great things uh, to talk about. Thanks. For sure. We'll talk to you soon. That's Coach Jim Rosborough right there. Jim is Jim is certainly one of the treasures of the Tucson Hoops scene because you don't get a lot of people that have uh, that have, have his background right there. Was able to talk with him a little bit about uh, uh, Pima women's basketball off the scene. Uh, if a, one guy listening right now um, is listening, I might shoot him a text. But before then, first thing I need to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. You throw down $1 on an NBA game, and if that team wins, get $150 in free plays. You might be saying, Mike, that can't possibly happen. That can't be that easy. It is that easy. I told you that. I literally interrupted myself because it is that easy. 21 and up. Arizona only. You got a gambling problem. You call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They're going to get you all taken care of. That's what you want to do right there. Make sure that make sure that it happens because it's a great deal going on. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit about what Coach Ross said. And Chippy, by the way, I'm going to disagree with you here, Chippy. 2001 lost because of missed shots. Watch the game. I disagree with that. Two, there's two things. Gilbert Arenas was not right in that game. And again, Injuries are part of the game. I totally get that. I'm not gonna. I'm not disputing that in the least. But the one thing though that I will say is that this doesn't look this. That wasn't a team that uh, um, that lost all up and up. Jason Williams should have been fouled out, or it should have been out in the second half or first half. Didn't really happen right there. But be that as it may. I'm not going to sit here and cry over spilled milk. I still think that that was the best team in school history. All right. I think Roz hit on some really good points, too, about stressing the court all uh, 94 feet north, south, east, west. And that's something that I think Tommy Lloyd uh, Tommy Lloyd has been able to do in a big way. And uh, talking a little bit with Roz, this is kind of how they played. And not exactly, but this is a little bit how they played with when Lute Olson was here. And I think that's what makes this team so enticing to watch is that you watch him and you know that, all right, the work, if you, you better come with your gay game because if you don't come with your A game, not only are you going to lose, you're going to get embarrassed. And the only team that has brought it and has been able to win has been, or excuse me, been able to compete has been Oregon. And honestly, and outside of USC, that's because those teams have talent. 
the big thing to me is if you don't have talent, you're not going to really be able to make any of this work because Arizona is too big. They're too athletic and there's too many issues just about going about that team that I don't know that a lot of people can really mess with. So right now I feel very good about where Arizona basketball is. I think it's probably pretty safe to say that Jim Rosborough does as well. And again, can't thank coach enough for coming on. Um, I did want to tell you a little bit though about athletic greens. All right, here's the deal. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adoptions to help you start your day right. I uh, I got a little, uh, I put on a few extra pounds during COVID. I've got back into the workout scene. Athletic Greens has been a great thing for me. And here to make it easy, here's the deal. Athletic Greens is going to give you one free your supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com. Again, this is athleticgreens.com and take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional supplement. All right. Before we sign off here, I wanted to uh, give a little bit of a, a shout out to the Arizona women's basketball team as well. Um, obviously, Kate Reese is out for a while. As it was reported, though, by Kim Doss, she said that uh, um, it doesn't appear to be serious, meaning that she could possibly be back at some point this year. This is a team that right now they might lose a game or two. Obviously, you didn't really see the loss coming last night. But when you watch how they match up, this is a team that's going to be built for the NCAA tournament from a veteran perspective, from an athleticism perspective, from a length perspective, and from a coaching perspective. This team is going to be fine. I don't know that they're going to make the run they did last year, but I am going to be curious as to the betting odds because the betting odds are probably going to be pretty low, meaning that a lot of people that know more than I or me – are going to pick Arizona to go deep in the tournament. So we'll keep you all updated on that. All right. This is my last day. I'm going to be back in Tucson uh, this evening. I am uh, currently in my last La Quinta Inn in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Real quick, before we sign off, again, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, throw down $1 on an NBA game, and if that team wins, you get $150 in free plays. John Schuster and I have talked about it. Bet against the Pistons. They stink. Bet against them. And, you know, it's not necessarily a four bet. It's an anti bet. That's what I would do. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right. I'm going to be back with you tomorrow. We'll have a podcast. Got some articles coming up. And uh, as always, thank you, everybody, for hopping on here and uh, bearing with me while I've been out of town. I am going to be back, obviously, doing my thing tomorrow. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Oh.